Hey guys, it's Simeon. This is Wrestling Unlimited as we are here on the 20th of August 2021 to talk about everything that went down tonight on both Friday Night Smackdown and AEW Rampage, The First Dance. Now, we'll just say it right off the bat, yes, CM Punk is all elite. AEW tweeted out the, the 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 graphic. Pull it up right here. Boom, boom. AEW tweeted it out right here. Boom. CM Punk is all elite. CM Punk is trending. States, quote, I'm back. So, great moment. I'm a little... Because of how I had to watch it. On the TNT app, the moment actually didn't seem super strong. It sounded strong, but it didn't seem loud. And the issue there is because of the TNT app. The entire show on of tonight's Rampage, for some reason, the audio was turned down. So when CM Punk came out, I actually didn't even hear Colt the Personality play. I actually couldn't hear it. Because A, that's how low the audio was, mixed in with the crowd yelling over it, so I was told it came off way better on television, but I don't know if it's my computer. I don't know if it was my headphones or the TNT app. And we'll talk about apps and websites and whatnot when we get to SmackDown. But so it it sounded like everybody was roaring. But for me, watching on the Watch TNT website, the app, it just didn't sound super loud, if that makes any sense. It sounded like a lot of people were cheering, but didn't sound wildly loud like it did when I was watching SmackDown and John Cena came out, and that place went wild. Oh, Timmy Hayes, you said you have the TNT app. Were you watching on a computer, or were you watching on a telephone, tablet, phone? There's a difference. I was watching on the TNT, watch TNT website. So I keep saying app, but I meant website. It runs... The same, basically the same, I don't want to say software, but same setup, I guess you could say, as the app, but but it's still a little different because it's a website and stuff. So, since I'm watching on TV, maybe that's why. Correct, correct. The TNT website for the entire show, the audio was low. And I can tell because it was different from when I watched Dynamite on Wednesday and everything sounded perfect. But for some reason tonight, that TNT app sounded low. And speaking of, or website, speaking of websites not working, I go on Fox Sports Live. Boom, boom, boom. I click the thing that says Friday Night Smackdown. There's Sasha Banks and Roman Reigns, and I forget who the third person is on the graphic. And I click it, and it says Fox 2 News at 5, five o'clock. And I'm like, Huh? No, this is supposed to be Friday Night Smackdown. So here's the thing. Most people probably don't understand it. 
why I have to use all these apps. I live on the West Coast. If I'm going to watch live on my regular Comcast cable, then I can't watch SmackDown till 8 p.m. local. I can't watch Rampage till 10 p.m. local. But one cool thing that Fox does is you log in with your cable provider and you can watch SmackDown usually live on the website of the Fox Sports app. Same thing with TNT. You go on the TN, watch TNT app or watch TNT webpage, and boom, it says right there, do you want the East Coast feed or do you want the West Coast feed? You watch that East Coast feed, you get, you get Dynamite and Rampage live. But for some reason, and I refreshed and tried about four or five times, and it's just Fox 2 News, Fox 2 News. I'm like, no, Friday Night Smackdown. It says it in the freaking... Address bar, Friday Night Smackdown. I clicked the link, the picture that said Friday Night Smackdown. And I'm like, ah, oh, son of a gun. This is the first time I've had this issue. I've had issues to where it just won't load. Or I've had issues to where it won't log me into my cable provider. And then after like five minutes, it shuts me out. But I've never had it to where I click Smackdown and it's just not even the correct show. Not even the right show. So, regardless to say, I missed the first seven minutes of SmackDown and had to go over to good old trusty reliable WatchWrestling.in. WatchWrestling.in. So, with that, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Or, if you're watching later on podcast services all around the world. Remember, if you are watching on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out either by hitting that donate button down below or donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Excuse me, in the live chat. Also remember, you can subscribe to the channel one of two different ways. You can subscribe to the channel with Amazon with, with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime just like New Jeffrey did a few days ago. And all you got to do to do that is link your Amazon account and your Twitch account. Because if you're already paying old daddy Jeff Bezos for Amazon Prime, then shit, why not link it to your Twitch and then you can subscribe to one free, to one free, you can get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to. So whether your mom, your dad, your sister, your aunt, your brother, your girlfriend, your boyfriend has Amazon Prime, log into your Twitch with it. And there you go. You can support us right here PW Unlimited. On the flip side, if you're watching on YouTube, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out in the live chat by hitting that a super chat or super sticker donation. All super chats do get read live on the air. It's a great way to get your comments read so that way they don't get missed in the normal chat. Also remember, you can subscribe to the channel as a channel member. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access to podcast episodes, early access to non-news videos, and so much more. And you can support us, patreon.com forward slash PWUnlimited. So here's the question. Last week, we talked about SmackDown first, and then we went into Rampage. Should we talk about Rampage first? I think I, I really enjoyed SmackDown, especially, especially the end of SmackDown with Roman Reigns and John Cena. But I think the bigger story here is CM Punk. So I think we got to change it up from what we did last week. And talk about Rampage first. Rampage goes on the air. And it's Jim Ross, Excalibur, Mark Henry, and Taz. Not sure where Jericho was. 
I guess maybe they had him off of the show to say that he's still healing or reflecting from his loss to MJF this past Wednesday. They announced that the crowd was 15,316 people. And as soon as that show started, we got the CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk. Everybody going nuts. And they waited a good 90 seconds. And then it hit. And CM Punk eventually makes his way out onto the stage. First time on a national wrestling television show in seven years. Seven. He stood on the ramp and soaked it all in. Even did, he walked down the ra- uh, ramp, went to one side, some fans that had a sign for him. Then he turns around, looks at the crowd, points at them over there on the side of the ramp, runs and stage dives right into the crowd. This man looked happy. He also looked like he hadn't slept in a while. He was soaking it all in. He got up on the turnbuckle, put the arms up, standing on the side of the turnbuckle, kind of like Daniel Bryan usually does. And they said, we will hear from CM Punk after this commercial break. It will only be 60 seconds. Let's take a break. We come right back. And Punk is in the ring, listening to the fans, just going ham. CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk. And the first thing he says, I loved this line. The first thing he says, quote, you guys really know how to make a guy feel like Britt Baker in Pittsburgh. Punk said he did not plan what he was going to say tonight and just knew he had to get out in front of the crowd and feel it. The crowd continued to chant his name, and Punk said he heard the crowd chant his name for seven long years. Punk that he doesn't have time tonight to get into everything and tell all the story, but he's got Wednesdays, he's got Fridays, he's got like four Saturdays or Sundays throughout the year as well. He's got time, and he's not going anywhere. Punk explained basically that he had to leave for seven years because he was never going to get physically or emotionally healthy if he stayed in the place that made him sick or something along the way. He said sick. I can't remember if he said sick or not healthy, something like that. Punk asked the crowd. He could tell them a story, and he sat down in the middle of the leg, cross-legged, just like the pipe bomb. Punk told the story of how he left Ring of Honor in 2005, how he cried the last time he came out the curtain for Ring of Honor, leaving a place that he loved, that people, that he helped make for people to learn and grow in professional wrestling. And he knew the place he was going to wasn't going to be easy for, quote, a guy like him to make it. Punk said that he left professional wrestling on August 13th, 2005. And now tonight, August 20th, 2021, he's back in professional wrestling. So basically, he said he hated his entire time in WWE. That's basically what he told us. That he didn't enjoy any of it. And it's like, okay, what was it? The money? Because he re-signed multiple contracts. It wasn't like he signed one deal with WWE and was stuck with them the entire time. No. Just saying. At this point, Punk stood back up. 
and called out Darby Allen. The camera zoom up to the top of the rafters. Darby and Sting. Darby got some new tree roots on his face. Different face paint. Punk praised Darby Allen, calling him as tough as people of Chicago. Punk told Allen, there's only one thing tougher than fighting CM Punk. That's fighting CM Punk in Chicago. He then challenged Darby Allen to a match at All Out in Chicago on September 5th. Punk into the promo telling the fans that seven years is a long time to wait for someone. And, well, on your way out of the building, grab a free ice cream bar on me. He soaked it all in. Great promo. Great reaction from the crowd. This was stellar. This was a stellar 20-minute open to the show. And, again, me recapping it, no. You got to go watch it for yourself. It's a tremendous moment in the history of professional wrestling that I honestly don't think could have been bigger with anybody else. Couldn't have been bigger with anybody else that's been gone. Whether it's Stone Cold Steve Austin coming to AEW, whether it's Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, whether it's John Cena showing up in AEW, I don't think anybody else could have got this reaction. And now AEW's touting, you know, biggest crowd ever and this and that, da-da-da. This isn't, and I'm going to get some heat and some hate for this. This isn't fully, really, an AEW win. It's a CM Punk win. Because if you think about it, yes, CM Punk is now signed to AEW. They got CM Punk. But they wouldn't have been able to do this without CM Punk. They wouldn't have been able to have a moment like this on a show without a CM Punk. No offense to anybody in that locker room other than Punk, but there's just nobody else in that company right now that could have got this type of a reaction. And again, he dogged on being in WWE. If he would have never left Ring of Honor to go to WWE, he wouldn't be as big of a name that he is. So I'm not trying to diminish anything that they did tonight. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just trying to say that for him to completely try and write off WWE, he's got to still be thankful that WWE used him as well as they did because he would not be, he would be a major star. He would be a major star if he would have stayed in, in, in ROH and rode the Indies and maybe eventually went to TNA impact for full time or whatever. But if he never went to WWE, this wouldn't have never happened because he would not have been this big of a star. So I hate to be the Debbie Downer, but it's just, the facts. It's just the facts. So, get the poll going. Forgot to start that. Because I wasn't sure what I was going to start with. I wasn't sure if I was going to start with um, AEW or WWE. But let's get the poll going with us. What did you think of tonight's Rampage? I liked it. It was all right. I didn't like it. Start that on 
Twitch. Get the YouTube poll up as well. I liked it. It was alright. I didn't like it. Alright. Polls are live on both. But with that, send it to the back. Christian Cage is with Jurassic Express. Christian tried to motivate Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy before their tag team tournament match, which is up next. So Jurassic Express with Marco Stunt took on Private Party with Matt Hardy. Match went a little over 10 minutes. The Young Bucks and their lackey Brandon Cutler came out on the stage to watch, and both the Lucha Bros and Varsity Blondes were watching from the crowd. Isaiah Cassidy and Jungle Boy started out the match in a great opening exchange and sequence that ended in a double kip-up. Mark Quinn came in and ate a drop kick from Jungle Boy. The heels were able to draw Luchasaurus into the ring, and this drew the ref away from the action. This allowed Hardy and Private Party to triple-team Jungle Boy and get an advantage. The match went to pitcher-in-pitcher pitcher during a commercial break where we saw Private Party double-team Jungle Boy more. After Jungle Boy took a beating throughout the break, he hit a member of Private Party with a big drop kick and another with a hard clothesline and finally got the tag to the big man, Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus destroyed both members of Private Party with power moves. Jurassic Express tried to go for a stacker suplex on Cassidy, but he was able to turn it into an insane Canadian destroyer on Jungle Boy off the shoulders of Luchasaurus for a two, and I didn't like this spot. It looked cool, I will say that, but I never liked the spot when you just stand there. And you're waiting. And then finally your opponent does his move. It's like, Jungle Boy was on the shoulders of Luchasaurus. He couldn't have seen Isaiah Cassidy getting his wits about him and whatnot, climbing up the top, getting on the top rope and all that. And just, whoop, move to the side. I, I hate those kinds of moves. When you're, when the guy ta receive, taking the move has to just stand there and be like, Okay. Like the move when you whip somebody off the ropes and then for some reason you bend over just to get kicked. I've never understood that. Going forward, Mark Quinn followed up with a shooting star press on Luchasaurus to the floor. Back in the ring, Private Party went for the silly string, but Jurassic Express countered it into a cutter for a near fall. Matt Hardy tried to distract the ref and Cassidy Almost got the pin with a roll-up on Jungle Boy. Private Party went for the gin and juice, but Jungle Boy countered with a spring, uh, spinning DDT. Jurassic Express and hit their double-team powerbomb on Quinn and got the three-count to pick up the victory in a pretty dang good match. So now, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, Jurassic Express, will be moving on to next week's Rampage where they will face the winners of either Varsity Blondes or the Lucha Bros, with the AEW Tag Team Championship cage match on the line. The winners get the title match at All Out. Uh, Gabriel Press, already know that. But I can't do anything about it if I'm talking about the show live here. So, can't do both. Can't do both. In the back, Don Callis and Kenny Omega cut a promo. Nakazawa was there as well. Omega promised to retire Christian. For another seven years at All Out. The Jade Cargill versus Kira Hogan match went a minute and there was just nothing to it. Got a video package previewing both opponents. Jade is 9-0. Hogan was acknowledged as a two-time Impact Knockouts Tag Team Champion. 
in her little lower third. Uh, Hogan got a bit of offense in, I guess you could say, before Cargill hit her with a pump kick, double chicken wing, face buster, bada bing, bada boom, there you go. Nothing to it at all. And then they're like, oh my God, Britt Baker better watch out for Jade Cargill. She could be coming for her in the AEW Women's World Championship. Like, what? I'm not even impressed with her when she's winning a one-minute matches. Like, she can't do anything still. Still. I, I, I don't get it. You want to now say that she could be a challenger for the title, yet she's having one-minute squash matches? No. I get it. She's picking up wins. She's 9-0. But it's just like, let us see how well she actually can be. Give us more. She's got the look. Now let us see what she can do between them ropes and that 20 by 20. After a recap of Punk's big return from the open of the show, they said, we have been able to confirm that CM Punk will make his dynamite debut next week in Milwaukee. They also confirmed uh, the match for next week's uh, Rampage, where it will be the Lucha, no, Jurassic Express against either Varsity Blondes or Lucha Bros. Mark Henry moderated a dueling promo thing. I guess this is going to be the norm going into the main event every week because they did it last week with Britt Baker and Red Velvet. Now they did it this week with John Moxley and, and Daniel Garcia where you've got Mark Henry in the middle as the moderator. One opponent, one opponent, and they're Jack, John, and then they go, now it's time for the main event. So it's all right. Mark Henry, I don't know if he's the best guy to be doing this. He sounds scripted. And we know that they don't really script guys in AEW, but whatever. Um, Dan Garcia was there with 2.0. Garcia said, be a star. He has to beat Moxley tonight. Moxley promised to commit something that looks like assault against Garcia. Let's had a four-minute match. And it was pretty good. Moxley started with a strong backdrop suplex and a stiff kick. Garcia countered by attacking Moxley's leg. Moxley countered Garcia's attack on his leg with a cross arm breaker. Garcia came back with a hammer fist, but walked into a boot and a pair of German suplexes. Moxley went for a third German suplex, but Garcia countered into an ankle lock, and Moxley had to get to the ropes to force the break. Moxley came back with a solid clothesline, a forearm, and a headbutt. Moxley then went for a paradigm shift, but Garcia countered into a scorpion deathlock. Garcia then leaned back too far, and Moxley countered by grabbing the bulldog choke for the submission. But Moxley does pick up the win after the match 2.0, and Garcia attacked Moxley and Kingston. Sting and Darby Allen would run down to make the save with the odds in their favor. The members of 2.0 got a stinger splash from Sting, and then Allen hit them both with a coffin drop. Moxley, Kingston, Sting, and Allen stood tall in the middle of the ring as the show went off the air. And that was AEW Rampage. A pretty good show. I enjoyed everything except for the Jade Cargill-Kira Hogan match because it went a minute. Like, really? So is that what it's going to be? Two matches to get okay time and then a squash? Because it's the same thing last week where the middle match was Miro and Fuego and it was just a squash. Well, I think, is that going to be the format for... And I'm going to go look at something really fast. I want to see the times for last week's Rampage matches. The AEW notes. Pull up my notes from last week's show. Rampage, Rampage, Rampage. 
Why can't I find them? Come on, Google Drive. Rampage, Rampage. Wait, not, did I not save my Rampage notes from last? I might not have. I must not have saved my Rampage notes from last week. Interesting. May have accidentally got deleted. I was going to check the times. Because the way it went, went the, tonight, and I feel like it was the same. Yeah, it was the same last week. Decently long-ish match. Squash, okay time to match. Because last week we had the like 11 or so minute match with Christian and Omega. Then we had the like 90 second match with with uh, Fuego and Miro. Then we had like five minute match or so with Red Velvet and Britt Baker. So that was the same kind of setup they did tonight as well. We'll see. We'll see if that's the format they do going forward. Long match, squash, okay time to match, and the little face-to-face in the back on the screens thing before the main event. But with that, that was AEW Rampage. Let's check the polls to see what you guys thought of tonight's show. Or as the Twitch poll does go, 78% of you liked tonight's Rampage. 11% thought it was all right, and 11% did not like it. As far as the YouTube poll does go, 85% of you thought that tonight's Rampage was good. You liked it. 8% 8% thought it was all right, and 7% did not like it. With that, guys, before we talk about Friday Night SmackDown, we got to tell you that this podcast is sponsored by Homage. Need vintage wrestling shirts? Then just head over to homage.com WWE. One thing you'll notice about their shirts is the quality and the comfort. Plus, they have a sizable collection of WWE designs, but not only do they have WWE designs, they have a plethora of different designs as well. And basically, I'll tell you right now, Homage is going to become your favorite t-shirt brand. When checking out an Homage, use code PWUnlimited15 at checkout to get 15% off of your purchase. Also, use our code. Our link in the description below or go to pwunlimited.com slash homage, H-O-M-A-G-E, to support us here at Pro Wrestling Unlimited. But remember, when you're making that purchase, when you're buying that t-shirt with the 123 kit on it, when you're getting that Bash at the Beach logo T, use code PWUnlimited15 at checkout and you'll get 15% off of your purchase. All right, guys, we've got Friday Night Smackdown to talk about. And boy, did this show start with a banger and end with a banger. Holy crap. Like I said, I missed the first seven minutes and I couldn't go back and see them. But what I saw of this Edge promo, oh boy, Edge was on fire. Fire. So as far as where my notes start, Edge says that he admitted that Rollins is a great talent, but he's pushed him to a dark place. The fans erupted in cheers when he said that. He said that his heart has turned black or something like that. And I didn't get it at first, but I guess that was saying he's going back to the brood or I don't know. We we learn later. So, Edge admitted that Rollins pushed him to a place so dark that he doesn't know if he can come back. 
Rollins helped Edge find a place in his heart where his blood runs black. Edge does see clearly on this day. I like that. I see clearly. It doesn't reference to his music. Anyways, Edge knows that he doesn't just have to beat Rollins at SummerSlam. He has to break him, humble him, and burn him down. I loved that line. Break him, humble him, and burn him down. I didn't do it justice. The way Edge delivered that line was masterful. May have been the best delivered line of the night. We had a lot of great delivered lines tonight from multiple different people. But this right here, Edge is just in the ring, spotlight, sitting in a chair, wearing his geo kicks, his custom geo kicks. Fucking a banger of a promo. I wish I would have saw the whole thing. So in the back, Ray and Dominic Mysterio were there. Dominic's sure that Ray will beat beat Jay tonight. And again, Ray's like, hey, Dom, you can't keep keep being overconfident. You always have to be humbled and know that you have to go out there and do your best. Don't just think you're gonna always win. Yes. You should always focus on the win, but you can't be overconfident. Dom was like, but, but we won last week. And I think they're starting the dissension between Dominic and Ray. Dominic and Ray's just like, yeah, but you can't be overconfident. Dominic's like, okay. Ray admitted that he's been a little tough on Dominic, maybe. And he pleaded with him to focus and watch his back tonight against Jey Uso. We had that match, Rey Mysterio versus Jey Uso, went about 11 and a half minutes. Ray and Jey had a really good, fast-paced match. And the story of this match was actually all about Dominic and not listening to Ray. Jey had the early advantage until Ray hit a Hurricane Rana to take over. He followed this up with 10 punches in the corner. Jey fought back and caught Ray with the right hand. He then slowed down the pace with a uh, side headlock. The fans broke into dueling chants of, Let's go, Ray! Let's go, Uso. Ray ended up on Jay's shoulders and sent him to the floor. He followed this up with the acai moonsault off the second rope onto Jay and Jimmy. Back from the break, Jimmy was firmly in control. Or Jay, I mean. Jay was firmly in control with a chin lock. Ray fought back with elbows, a step up in Zaguri. Jay then focused a... Oh, uh, recovered and hit a pop-up Samoan drop for a near fall. Jay climbed to the top rope and lifted Ray on his shoulders. Ray fought back and hit a Hurricane Rana off the top for a close near fall. Ray hit a springboard crossbody for a second rope uh, off the second rope for another two count. Jay avoided Ray and hit a neckbreaker for a close near fall. Ray recovered and hit a senton off the top and a DDT for a close two. And the fans broke out in a 619 chant. 619, 619, 619. Ray went for that 619, but Jay avoided the move. Ray caught Jay in a sunset flip, but Dominic tried to cheat to help his pops win. Referee caught Dominic, tried to eject Dominic, and Ray tried to speak to him at ringside, which caused a distraction. Usos took advantage. They jumped Mysterio. Jay hit the splash off the top and picked up the victory. They're doing it. They're starting to do it. That dissension between father and son, Ray and Dominic, what kind of chicanery is going to happen tomorrow? Because I said it in my predictions that I put up this morning. Usos ain't losing them tag titles. I'm going to say it right now. 
To recap, Kevin Owens beating Corbin last week. And Corbin stealing the Money in the Bank briefcase. And out comes Corbin. We had, we had Corbin. We had Corbin versus Kevin Owens. Match went three minutes and ended in a DQ. It was all right, but lame finish. Corbin came out with the briefcase. And I saw some video from over the weekend. Well, last weekend, the house shows where Corbin was in the ring with Big E. But Big E didn't try to get his briefcase back. He did like comedy stuff. It was like, what the fuck? Anyways, Corbin came out with Big E's briefcase. Michael Cole and Pat McAfee discussed, discussed Corbin stealing the briefcase and it not belonging to him. I think McAfee said something along the lines of, if he cashes it in, possession is five-tenths of the law, Cole. Owens jumped Corbin to start the match. Corbin fought back and hit the around-the-corner clothesline for a near fall. Corbin was firmly in control until Owens rocked him with a super kick. Followed this up with a senton off the apron to the floor. Fans broke out in a faint. You're still a broke chant. You're still broke. You're still broke. You're still broke. Corbin hung Owens over the top rope and went for a choke slam. Owens avoided it and went for a stunner, but Corbin slipped out the back. Big E's music would hit as he ran down to ringside. Corbin tried to get the briefcase first, but Big E knocked him down, causing a disqualification. Big E got back the briefcase. I guess they wanted to wait till TV to get him the briefcase back. Whatever. But Corbin attacked him from behind and ran off with the briefcase, so he still didn't leave with the briefcase. In the back, Kayla Braxton interviewed the SmackDown Women's Champion, Bianca Belair, and they're still teasing it. They're not teasing, promoting it. They're still saying, tomorrow, you're going to face Sasha Banks for that title at SummerSlam. Go to video package recapping the Sasha Belair stuff. Braxton noted that Belair has her chance on revenge against Banks tomorrow night. Belair then says she doesn't even want to hear Banks' name right now. She can't hear about her. She said, I hope that Banks is watching tonight. She's going to take it out on Zelina Vega and Carmella. Belair faces Vega and Carmella in separate matches later on. So, yeah. Sasha. I don't know what's going on, but she was not. I repeat, was not in Phoenix, Arizona tonight. And it wasn't just like, oh, they flew her to Vegas to do media. Oh, she wasn't doing any of the media either. Because I had people that I was speaking to that were partaking in the media events today. No Sasha. There was no Sasha. As far as Monday's Raw goes, we got the announcement of Moist TV, hosted by John Morrison, with special guest, can I never guess, Logan Paul. Going forward, we had another. Now, it's good to see Natalia back after the ankle injury. Back, she's clear, she's good to go. We had another championship contenders match with the SmackDown Women's Tag Team Championships. It was Tegan Knotts' Shotzi Blackheart against Natalia and Tamina for the third fucking time. Why was this not a title match? This makes no sense. Match went three minutes. Cole and McAfee treated Shotzi and Knox winning like a major upset, despite this being the third time they've done it. Mm, so stupid. So stupid. Call it WVD, a weird Vince decision. A weird Vince decision, a WVD. 
So not much to this match. To recap, Knotts and Shotzi beaten the champions a few weeks ago. Cole and McAfee re, uh, speculated that Knox and Shotzi could get a title shot if they win tonight. They should have got a title shot after they won the first fucking time. Because it was a contenders match. Anyways, they also said that it was great to see Natalia back so quickly, even after having surgery. So Tamina jumped Knox on the floor. The champions then isolated Shotzi and cut her off in the corner. Natalia hit a snap suplex for a near fall. She slowed down the pace with the chin lock. Shotzi fought back against Natty. Knox hit a crossbody off the apron to Tamina. Shotzi then rolled up Natty, picked up the victory, played it up like this was the shocker of the century. And it wasn't because it's the third fucking time we've seen this. I'm over it. I've like crazy all day. And I don't know why. I'm drinking a lot of water, though, because of it. I'm coughing a lot, so I'm making sure I'm staying hydrated. Next up, Seth Rollins makes his way out to the ring. Seth Rollins thinks he's Scott Hall doing the whole walking down, kind of like Scott Hall used to do. Anyways, Razor Ramon. Uh, fans were into this segment and popped big for how it ended. So Rollins came down wearing a flashy white suit. Full white suit. Wanted to spawn to Edge. Fans broke out in a We Want Edge chant. Rollins noted they already got Edge, and now they got him. Fans erupted in booze. Rollins mocked Edge and claimed that he made a bunch of excuses before. Fans broke out in another loud Edge chant. Edge, 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 Edge. Rollins became upset and yelled at the fans to listen to him. Fans then said, You suck. You suck. You suck. Rollins claimed that Edge isn't on his level. He said that there's no shame in being a family man and not finding the darkness within. All of a sudden, we hear the music of the brood. The lights turn red. Edge appears on the screen and told Rollins that the freaks come out at night. He laughed and said Rollins would never see it coming. Suddenly, a dark liquid, synonymous of blood, fell from the rafters, covering Seth Rollins and his shiny white suit completely in black. Like, there was not a spot on Rollins not covered. This is great. This was really cool. I like this. Essentially, Edge gave him a brood-style bloodbath. And Pat McAfee goes, Oh man, Seth Rollins just took a brood bath. Also, also, Pat McAfee tonight. He's great, as always. But this guy just does not care at all. Like this guy on there, just saying ass and son of a bitch over and over again. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. Also want to say thank you to... W-X-T-C-H-E-D for the Super Chat donation. He says, love these live streams and news videos. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Thank you for the Super Chat. Next up, we had a two-and-a-half-minute match in 245. It was Otis against Montez Ford. Ford tried to knock Otis down immediately as the match started with a series of clotheslines. Otis didn't go down and rocked Ford with a back elbow. 
He then knocked Ford off to the floor. Uh, fuck. Right, uh, he then knocked Ford to the floor. That's a little bit of a tongue twister. Now the hiccups coming in. Coughs and hiccups. That ain't good for being on a podcast. Anyways, Ford fought back with an enziguri. He hit a flying crossbody for a near fall. Chad Gable tried to interfere, but Dawkins knocked him into the ring. Otis recovered and knocked Ford back down to the mat. He then hit the Vader bomb, and yes, Otis defeated Montez Ford. Um, Bobby G Channel, good question here. Says, how did the ring crew clean the ring for the next match? I don't know exactly, but if I had to make a guess, they just replaced the canvas. Pulled up the canvas and popped a new canvas on, or just put a uh, fresh canvas right over the canvas that was already there and tied it down. I'm not 100% sure. We didn't see them do it. If maybe we could talk to somebody that was there, that'd be cool. But that's how they usually do it when... I know... What was it? There was a show once before. Trying to think. Well, yeah, you can, you can switch out a canvas very quickly. Vegeta Lover says, I don't know, but they did it quickly. Yeah, you can switch out a canvas very quickly. <clears throat> But I forget what show it was, but somebody was bleeding really bad, and they didn't want that blood all over the canvas for the rest of the show, and they just put a new one right over it. So that might have been what they did here. I can't remember exactly what show. It was a WWE event, though. Going forward, we had King Nakamura and Rick Boogs taking on Apollo Crews and Commander Aziz. So, going forward, this match was all right. Nothing great when a little under three minutes. Boogs took Cruz to the mat and played his leg like a guitar. Boogs showed off his strength when he lifted Cruz. Cruz briefly fought back, but Boogs threw him across the ring. Nakamura and Aziz got the double tag. Nakamura caught Aziz with a drop kick, but Aziz didn't go down. Nakamura went for the Kinsasha, but Aziz countered into a side slam. Boogs and Cruz... Tagged back in, and Nakamura caught Aziz with a sliding dropkick. The finish thing came when Boogs slammed Cruz for the victory. This was a whatever match. It was just a time filler. Next up, we had in a non-title match, SmackDown Women's Champion Bianca Belair. Oop, hold on. Forgot the SmackDown poll. New poll. What did you think of tonight's SmackDown? Throw this poll up really fast for the live viewers. I liked it. It was all right. I didn't like it. All right, throw that up there. Get it up on YouTube as well. Liked it. Right. Didn't. All right. Got that poll up as well. Awesome possum. We had a non-title match. It was SmackDown Women's Champion Bianca Belair against Zelina Vega. Wasn't much to it. Match went like two minutes. Vega and Carmella argued about who would go first. Carmella teased getting in the ring and then threw in Vega. Belair. At the early advantage, and the fans broke out in EST chant. EST, 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 EST. Carmella caused a distraction, and Vega hit a sunset flip. 
fans broke out in another EST chant. Vega attempted a Hurricane Rana, but Belair caught her and hit a powerbomb. Belair held on and dropped Vega on the turnbuckle. She then hit the KOD and picked up the victory. After the match, Carmella jumped to Belair with a series of super kicks. Then we go in and we have Carmella versus Bianca in an almost four-minute match. And this was all right as well. So after the match, Carmella jumped Belair at the bell. She backed Belair into the corner and hit a series of back elbows. She followed this up with a Bronco Buster for a near fall. Carmella slowed down the pace with a chin lock. In an awesome looking spot, Belair stood up with Carmella on her back and turned Carmella around for a vertical suplex. We've seen her do this before. Belair avoided a super kick and hit a headspring backflip for a near fall. Carmella recovered and caught Belair in the ring or the ring skirt. Followed this up with a super kick and a near fall. The finish then came when Belair hit a spine buster and a KOD to pick up the victory. Then we had, and this is a tough thing to say, a very, very tough thing to say, because I loved seeing CM Punk back. But let's get this homage logo back off the screen. I forgot that was still there. But. I might have liked Roman Reigns and John Cena just a tad bit more. If if Punk's return was here, oh, I might go there. I might actually say that I like this Roman Reigns, John Cena back and forth maybe a little bit better. Because yes, it was a great moment seeing CM Punk back on national wrestling television. But he didn't do much. He said a couple of things and there you go. This... This Roman Reigns-John Cena match has me itching to see this fucking... Like, this has me excited for what they're going to do tomorrow at SummerSlam. Legitimately. Like, I am excited for this match. This was just another level. It's like saying... I'm not like saying. I'm going to say it. There may not be anybody else in the world right now of professional wrestling... Better on a microphone than Roman Reigns or John Cena. I'm going to say that right goddamn now. You can take it to the bank. I'm going to say it right now. Might be no one better on a microphone in pro wrestling right now than Roman Reigns or John Cena. There's others that are close. Adam Cole. CM Punk. Brian Danielson. Edge. Seth Rollins. But... Mm-hmm. These two gold tier tonight. The Reigns and Heyman made their way out to the ring. Thunderous boos from the crowd in Phoenix, Arizona. John Cena comes out, and you would have thought CM Punk returned to WWE with the goddamn pop that John Cena got. This was, I didn't expect this. We saw the money in the bank pop and the pop on raw the next night. But for Cena, who's been around for the past couple of weeks, almost a month to get a pop like this in Phoenix. Holy crap. And then the two are just standing there in the ring and the fans. Let's go Roman. Let's go Cena. Let's go Roman. Let's go Cena. This fucking crowd tomorrow night in Las Vegas is gonna go wild. Rain started it off. As soon as he began to talk, they booed his ass out. Reigns claimed that Cena lied. He said some stupid things last week. He's upset 
that Cena thinks he can pin him. One, two, three. Reigns asked Heyman, when's the last time I've lost? And Heyman goes, well, um, no one's ever beat this version of Roman Reigns. He's undefeated. Cena said he's happy that the fans believe that anything can happen. Cena noted a month ago, everyone believed Reigns would beat him at SummerSlam. And that's all because he's got to go shoot a movie. He said, everyone thinks that I'm just going to lose to Roman Reigns because I got to go shoot a movie. This, this turned from a promo about a wrestling match to a straight up shoot. And it's just like, yep, yeah, I got to take the L because I'm going to leave. And John Cena goes, but no, no, no. Yes, I do have to go shoot a movie. But that doesn't mean Roman Reigns is keeping this title. Because I promise to walk out of Las Vegas tomorrow, the Universal Champion, go, leave, shoot my movie, and not come back until WrestleMania in Dallas. I will take that Universal Championship from SmackDown. It will be on hiatus after I defeat Roman Reigns. One, two, three. That was gnarly. A gnarly thing for him to say. Reigns then mocked Cena for what he said. He noted that he beat his past challengers so badly, WWE doesn't even have a use for them anymore. Basically, that was a knock on Daniel Bryan. Reigns claimed that he can go to Hollywood and be in movies if he wanted as well, but he is here in WWE. Reigns then pointed out, where are we tomorrow? Oh yeah, Las Vegas. Wanna maybe raise the stakes a little bit. He then said, and I quote, gnarly quote here. He said, and I quote, either I leave the stadium, the universal champion, or I leave WWE. Two shook hands, but Reigns tried to attack Cena, tried to give him an attitude adjustment. Cena recovered and rolled up Reigns and did the Phantom one Two, three, to prove, yes, I can pin you one, two, three. Cena then celebrated on the ramp with a furious, and I mean furious, Roman Reigns in the ring. And I'm like, boy, do I want this match to happen right now. Like, I am all in for this match tomorrow night at SummerSlam. There's a couple things we've got to talk about here. John Cena talking about, I got to leave and go film a movie. So you think, oh, yeah, he's going to lose. Roman Reigns says, I either lose or I leave WWE. Oh, Roman's going to win. Not necessarily. What if, what if I'm on a fantasy book? Remember last year, Roman Reigns was supposed to defend the Universal Championship against, no, the challenge for the Universal Championship against Goldberg WrestleMania. What happened? Roman Reigns left. He said, you know what? COVID and all this, I'm... I'm amino compromised. I got some babies at home that I don't want to risk getting them sick or anything. I'm going to go home for a little while. What if, because COVID is ramping back up, Roman has told WWE officials, you know what? I need some time off again. I can't, I can't be on the road. So what if, think about this. I'm going to get specific with my, my fantasy book here. What if John Cena wins tomorrow? 17 times world champion. Tomorrow's not it for John Cena. John Cena still has September 10th. Who is somebody that is 
Not very happy with John Cena right now. Oh, it's Finn Balor, the man that he stole this championship match from. What if, what if John Cena wins tomorrow? New Universal Champion, John Cena! You go to SmackDown next week. No John Cena. No John Cena. Finn Balor comes out and goes, Oh, look at Mr. Hollywood. He wins the title, and then he can't even show up with it here. Well, that man stole that title match from me. That could have been me beating Roman Reigns. We know Rome, We know John Cena is supposed to be in Madison Square Garden, so I'm going to challenge John Cena for that Universal Championship at Madison Square Garden on September 10th. And that is where Finn Balor becomes the new Universal Champion. He beats John Cena in MSG, becomes the Universal Champion, and gets that Universal title run that he never got in 2016. I'm going to pin it right now. I don't think... Or I don't know if that's going to happen, but it's a it's it's a possibility. It's a real possibility because there is that slight chance. There is that slight chance that Roman Reigns could have gone to WWE and said, "I can't do it right now. I know I'm the hottest thing in this company, and I know I shouldn't be doing this, but health wise, I can't be on the road." And if that is something that's happening, I don't have any knowledge of that. This is all me just speculating based off the stipulation because the stipulation, if Roman isn't actually leaving, is the dumbest motherfucking thing ever. But it is a great way, a great way for him to lose, take some time off, and an explanation on why he's now gone. But it all would make sense. Finn was supposed to get the title match. Cena stole it from him. Finn somehow gets the title match against Cena, the man that he's mad at. Bada bing, bada boom, as I say. Finn, the universal champion. I think this could really, really happen. Again, why put the stipulation of, if I don't walk out of that stadium, the universal champion, then I leave WWE. Why put that on there? That is a dumb stipulation to put on there. Because it's not, oh, I'm done on SmackDown. So then what, you're going to go Monday Night Raw? No, he said he's done with WWE. There's a good chance. Roman says, hey, COVID's ramping up. I'm taking some time off again. But we'll have to wait and see exactly what they do. I mean, again, like I said, I don't know if this is a thing, but this is just as soon as Roman said that line of, if I lose, I leave. That is the first thing that popped in my head. Cena wins the belt. Roman's taking time off. Cena's got one more show after SummerSlam. Boom, put that title on Finn Balor. Vingy, Vingy in the chat says, makes too much sense for WWE to do. True, but who knows? There, there has to be a reason. There just has to be a reason why Finn is wrapped up in all of this. Because you didn't have to wrap Finn up in all of this. You could have just had Cena come out and say, Roman, I challenge you. And Roman say, oh, Big John, John coming from Hollywood, thinks he deserves it. I'll stack his ass too, pin his ass too. That's all they had to do. They didn't have to have Finn involved in this at all. But with Finn being involved, this all kind of makes sense now. It all makes sense. And they keep, 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 keep pushing that narrative. You know, if John Cena wins, he's a 17-time champion. No one's ever done it. 17-time Cena they really keep pushing that hard as well. So I'm 
I'm not saying that I have any info on this. I'm not saying that I think this is what they're going to do. But yeah, I, I did a prediction in a fantasy book a few weeks back when I was like, oh, well, I think Finn's going to get the title match against Roman after SummerSlam. I still think Finn gets a title match, but now it's going to be against Cena. And instead of him losing to Roman, like I said before, he won't beat Cena and become the Universal Champion. I think it's all very possible. But with that, guys, that was Friday Night SmackDown. Let's check the poll to see what you guys thought of tonight's SmackDown. 67% of you liked it on Twitch, said you liked it. 33% thought it was all right. Nobody disliked it. That's good. As far as the YouTube poll does go, 68% of you liked it. 24% thought it was all right. And 9% did not like tonight's SmackDown. As far as the text messages do go. Got a couple of them here. Actually got more than a couple. This person said, do you see CM Punk going after the AEW Championship when they build him up soon? Uh, not for a while. I don't think they're going to. Honestly, I don't think you have Punk challenged for the title until All Out 2022 in Chicago. If Punk's going to challenge for the title, it's going to be in Chicago. So why not have it a year after his in-ring debut in Chicago? Or says, are you going to do predictions for NXT TakeOver 36? Those predictions will be up on the channel first thing tomorrow morning. They've already been recorded. Or says, whose team are you on for, for SmackDown Women's Championship? Bianca or Sasha? Well, you would know if you watch my predictions video that I put up this morning for SummerSlam. You can check it out right here, PW Unlimited YouTube channel. Not going to give that spoiler away. But check out my predictions. You'll know which team I'm on. Sasha or Bianca. Or says, do you think Punk's debut should have happened at All Out? And do you think Darby Allen is ready for Punk? No, it shouldn't have happened at All Out because they set up a Punk match at All Out. Or says, once Punk feuds, does a few feuds in AEW, could we possibly see him go after the AEW world title? Again, I don't think he challenges for that title for a year. Or says, are you getting the CM Punk t-shirt? Because it... You are. The website's broken. Trust me, I already know, and I tweeted about that. Their website was broken the moment Rampage started. Like, as soon as Punk walked out, the website was down. It says, who do you see winning the Tag Team Eliminator Tournament? Lucha Bros. I can see them going Jurassic Express. It would make sense, but I think they go Lucha Bros because they're not going to do the same match twice, even though... They are doing the same match twice in a month with Kenny you know, and, and Cage. Person says, what titles did Rick win that made you say he should be a 21-time champ but WWE won't acknowledge it? Just go back and look at every time he's actually won the world title in the NWA and in WCW and stuff. There's times that he won that title, dropped and then got back the title that are not acknowledged. Like... I want to say the Kerry Von Erich one. When he dropped the title to Kerry Von Erich and got it back, they didn't never acknowledge that as a real title change. So it was just linear, like the title never changed hands. Like he never lost it and then got it back. That's one that I know for sure. Um, it says, I was watching last week's promo between John Cena and Roman Reigns. 
And I looked back at a promo that they did when they were feuding a few years ago. No Mercy 2018. I feel like last week's promo was better than the one promo where it was rumored that Roman Reigns of Forgot His Line, which promo and segment do you like the best? Tonight. Tonight was great. Last week was great, too. I don't know why we're trying to compare 2018, but whatever. Chris says, I agree with you about Roman Reigns and John Cena. Amazing on, on the mic. You have Edge and Adam Cole also, too. I mentioned them. I mentioned them. And when you sing Women's Tag Team Championships beyond the line, I have no goddamn clue what they're doing with these women's tag titles. So I would have assumed tonight's match should have been for the tag titles. It says, who turns on who and win for the Mysterios? I think they're going to slowly burn this. I think there's going to be more, more miscommunication and dissension tomorrow at SummerSlam. And then we go from there. Also, since Saturday says it was 2017. Thank you for that one. Thank you for that one. I was thinking it in my head. I'm like, 2017, 18, 2017, 18. I was going to say 18. I think it was 18. I wasn't 100% sure, and I just said 18. But with that, those are all the text messages. Um, Crack Kane says, why are you even talking about anything other than CM Punk? Because we talked about CM Punk to start this podcast. So maybe you missed it. Plus, I'm talking about other things that technically I liked a little better than the return of CM Punk. Yes, I'll say it right now. If the CM Punk return was here for me, the Roman John Cena segment was right here for me. And I'm not going to lie on that. You can say, oh, you're a WWE fanboy then. Cool. It's all personal opinion. I thought Roman Reigns and John Cena absolutely killed it to the point that I want SummerSlam to happen Right now, because I want to see this match. That's how well these guys have been doing together. But with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Remember, we will be live tomorrow night for, uh, I almost said Royal Rumble for some reason. No, we got SummerSlam. We got the SummerSlam coming up from Las Vegas, Nevada. This show should be interesting. There's some conflicting reports on how long the show's going to be. Some are saying the main card is three hours. Some are saying the main card is three and a half. Some are saying that the city of Las Vegas told WWE the show has to end at eight. Although I don't know exactly how long this show's going to be. Somewhere between three and three and a half. That's all we know. But with that, SummerSlam should be really fun. Then on Sunday, we've got TakeOver. Then we do it all over again next week. Monday, Raw. Tuesday, NXT. Wednesday, Dynamite. Friday, Rampage and SmackDown. So with that, guys, remember to follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash PWUnlimited. No, facebook.com forward slash Pro Wrestling ULTD. Twitter at PWUnlimited. Follow us on Instagram and so much more. Remember also you can get this podcast as an audio podcast on all the different audio podcast platforms like Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and more. So with that, guys, we'll see you tomorrow for SummerSlam. Have a good one.